0: Well, hey, just like Steve said, I'm static, I'm pumped, pumped to be here with you tonight. Just a little bit about me, I was born in Denver, Colorado, lived out west, oh yeah, alright, alright, I hear that one person, Uh uh-huh, woo, (laughs) and lived out west, Uh, moved to Indiana. Here's what you need to know about Indiana. Indiana is like flat, so there's no hills, and then there's cornfields everywhere, and uh... Yeah, and that's it. There's there's really <laughs> nothing else about Indiana. That's it. Sometimes you see a big truck, and and that's all that there is there. And so you can imagine, uh, I grew up with just my parents, myself, and my brother. My sister continued to live out west, and and when there's nothing to do, there's nothing around, uh, you spend a lot of time with your family. You spend a lot of time with the people in your household, because there's just nothing else to do. So my brother and I, we spent a significant amount of time together growing up, and If you have siblings and you spend time with them, you know this to be true. Uh, The relationship either goes in one of two directions. You're either, like, really, really, really close with each other and, like, BFFs, or you're, like, the complete opposite, (laughs) Which is yup, which is exactly uh, what my brother and I were like. We just we just got in fights, verbal, physical, all the time. I could tell you about the time when uh, I was on the tire swing and he just came by with a knife and cut the rope on me, and I just fell, and that took me to the ER. I could tell you about the time he stranded me on a roof for four hours in the month of August. I could also tell you about the time I just decided to eat his leftovers in the fridge, and I kid you not, true story. His response was to just start throwing knives at me. That really happened, yes. Uh, And so we just got in fights all the time. That's just what we did. That was our relationship. But there's one fight, there's one time that I actually am really excited to share with you. And so like I said, in Indiana, you have to, there's just nothing to do. You have to come up with ways to entertain yourself. So one thing that my brother and I did on a regular basis was we had lightsaber fights. Yes, right? Anybody else? Who's who's ever done lightsaber fights before? Yeah, if you haven't, you're you're doing life wrong, because it's awesome. And we'd pretend we're Jedis from Star Wars, and we'd get so into it. We'd, like, start making noises and all the sound effects. We'd be like, vroom, 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 vroom. like, we just got so into it. It was awesome. It was so cool, and that's what we did for fun. I know, ex- a crazy, exciting childhood. And we would go into the garage, we'd go outside, and we'd find anonymous objects just laying around, and those would be our weapons. And I remember one time, I went into the garage, and I walked up to the wall, and I said, that is it. And I pulled a five iron out of my dad's golf set. And I felt pretty confident in my choice, and then I came over, and I looked at my brother, who had uh, located a machete as his. Yeah, you can, you can see where this is going. It's like the beginning of like Friday the 13th, the horror movie or something. And, and so we're out, and, and what we would do is we'd find things laying in the yard, some things laying around. And, like, like, my mom had just, like, planted some daisies in the ground, and we would just come by and be, like, <gasps> and just, like, totally swing, and it fly in the air, and we'd, like, Darth Maul's head, yes! This is so cool. And we'd just get in, we'd start, we'd start fighting with each other. And then I remember one time, I'm about 20 feet away from my brother, and there's a stick in the ground. And he's got his machete, and I'm just like, oh, yeah, bro, you get it, man. And he's just like baseball swings that stuff, like just full swing at it. And, and you know when you hit something, it either does one of two things. It either just falls to the ground or it goes flying. Those are the options. And so I'm like 20 feet away, and I'm like, and then he hits it, and the bottom half of the stick comes down, and the other one is just kind of like right at me. And in my head, I'm thinking that's coming at me pretty quick, I should do something, but I don't do anything. Instead, I'm just like, no, it takes it to the face. The stick breaks over my face. And and as I'm coming up, I realize there's, a, there's about two or three inches of a stick coming out of my eye. And yeah, yeah, it's bad. And uh, first I feel pain. Uh, obviously, I'm like, ow, I say some inappropriate words, it's bad, uh, and then the second thing I feel is this ball of rage inside of me, and then I remember the third thing, the third thought, is I still have a five iron in my hand, and my brother is not that far away, uh, so, so I'm leaning here, I'm covering one eye, and uh, and what you need to know is, is if you cover one eye, your depth perception, is is bad. It's not good. And, and so I just decide I'm just gonna come here and I'm just gonna chuck the golf club covering one eye. And it, it lands like three feet in front of him, it doesn't even touch him. But my brother's response is: you just tried to throw a golf club at me, and I have a machete in my hand. So uh, so I see him, I, I look up with one eye, and he's just kinda walking toward me. Machete, you know what I'm saying? So I run into the house, I grab the phone, I'm like, Mom! Mom, I got a stick in my eye, and Jeff's got a machete. <laughs> and she, her response is just like, "Oh, boys will be boys. Like, continue." <laughs> because it was just another phone call to my mom. It was just another fight we got in. My brother and I fought all the time. Jeff fought with other people. I fought with people. Chances are, you probably fight with your siblings. You fight with other people. And here's the truth that we can grab tonight: we all fight. We all fight, every single one of us, we all fight. And it's not even just like bad things that we fight about, the verbal and physical things. It could be like good things too. Like you could show up to practice and you fight to be stronger in football every single day. You show up and you fight. Maybe in the cheerleading competition, you show up, you compete, and you fight to be the best. Or you show up on the basketball court and you fight to get the win, because that matters so we fight for good things too, but we fight, we fight for other things. Sometimes, sometimes we fight for things like popularity. And we fight for popularity because deep down inside of us, there's a want and a desire and a love for other people that, that, that we want to be liked by them. And then other times we fight like, like things uh, like peer pressure just, just because there's a tension out there between people and morals. And sometimes we just simply fight against temptation Because we want to be the best people that God called us to be. But at one time or another, we choose not to fight. Sometimes for good reason. Like when my brother's walking with a machete toward me and I have one eye, that's a good time to not fight. Sometimes we just choose not to fight. Maybe it's two a day shows up in football season and you've been showing up to practice and you go to bed and you go to practice, you go to practice, and then you go to bed and repeat, repeat, and you're just tired and exhausted and you get up at five the next morning and you think, I just don't want to do this because this is exhausting. Fighting every single day is tiring. And you show up and you decide not to show up, you decide not to fight that day. Or maybe you look at, wow, I've never missed a practice, I've never missed a game, I'm a great player anyway, I don't need, it's just one practice and that suddenly turns into later down the road that's just one game I mean it's just one season it's just high school ball anyway there's always college it's just it's just one bad friend and then it's just one drink it's just one party it's just for one season I'll grow out of it And then it's just one addiction. There's plenty of others. But we choose one time not to fight without fully understanding the long-term consequences. And David, we're in a a series called Goliath Must Fall Week 2, and it's all about the life of David. David was a man who knew the importance of fighting. We talked about last week how he fought Goliath, almost a ten-foot-tall giant, and David took him down. But David, David, and, and Goliath wasn't the first fight. David had plenty of fights before. He fought lions and bears, and he he fought tons and tons of battles afterwards. In fact, look at some of the things that David did after Goliath. David fights an army to save Goliath. David fights the Philistines. David fights to be a bodyguard. David fights the Amalekites. David fights all the houses of Saul. David fights for all of Jerusalem. David fights for the Moabites. David fights for Hedekazar. David fights 18,000 Edomites. David fights the Ammonites. These are things. There's an entire chapter of the Bible all dedicated in lists of David's victories from his fights. An entire chapter of the Bible. David was a man who knew how to fight. He was kind of a boss at fighting. He was a professional fighter, you can say. But one day, one day, David decided not to fight. Maybe for good reasons. Maybe he looked at the list and just said, man, I've, I'm the king of Israel. I've done enough. Look at all the things I have done. It's, surely it's okay if I don't fight once. And so just go ahead, grab your Bibles, turn to page 309. We're going to be looking at 2 Samuel chapter 11, and I want to show you what happens when David decides not to to fight. So that's 2 Samuel chapter 11, page 309. It's going to be up here if you want to follow along as well. It says this, in the spring of the year, the time when kings go out to battle, David sent Joab and his servants with him and all of Israel. So this is the time, David is the king of Israel. It's the time when kings go out to battle, but, and they ravaged all of the Ammonites and besiege Rabab. But David remained at Jerusalem. Do you see it? It's the time when kings go out to battle. It's the time David, who is a king in the spring, should be in the lines in with his, with his men fighting. It's the time when the kings go out to battle. But David remained at Jerusalem. And this is what happens. And it happened late one afternoon when David arose from his couch and was walking on the roof of the king's house. So he's the king, he's walking on the roof, uh, but this is, what catches, this is what catches my attention in this passage. He arose from his couch, from his couch. Like he's the king of a nation and he's sleeping on a couch. Like when, when I'm waking up late one afternoon from the couch, it's only, the only reason I'm doing that is because I stayed up late playing video games and watching Netflix, right? Like that's what happens. I can like picture David with just like cheese puffs surrounding him and like a line of Doritos from his belly button to his mouth. There's soda everywhere. And he's staying up late playing Xbox Live, yelling at Korean kids, playing Call of Duty. Like that's just what's happening. That's what I see. And you see it? It happened late one afternoon. The only reason he woke up late one afternoon is because he's trying to beat the campaign on Legendary all night. And so he rose late one afternoon from his couch. But moving on, So he's on the roof, and that he saw from the roof a woman bathing, (laughs) and the woman was very beautiful. And ladies, like, if the Bible, the word of God, the truth, says that you're beautiful, ain't nobody can tell you different, right? Am I telling? And then this is what happens. And David sent and inquired about the woman, and one said, is this not Bathsheba? the daughter of Elam, and the wife of Uriah the Hittite. So this chick is like uh, one dude's daughter, but more importantly, she's another dude's wife. This girl is married, and then this is what David thinks. So David sent messengers and took her, and she came to him, and he slept with her. Yeah, dang it. And like, he came, and he took her, like, this is a, like, see, uh, like a scene from Taken. It's like Taken number four all over. You know what I'm saying? Like, I can hear Bathsheba's dad. If there was a cell phone, he's like calling, hey, I don't know who you are, <laughs> but I will find you and I will kill you. You know what I'm saying? It is Taken all over again. He came and he took her. He sent people to take her and she came to him and then he slept with her. And I'm willing to bet something that happened was David just kind of like blew that off and was like, well, maybe I'll just go back to life normal. She'll she'll go back to her place. I'll stay here in my place. Maybe I'll go back out to battle and then the whole thing will blow over. But instead, this happens and the woman conceived and she sent and told David, I am pregnant. Dang it. Right. Dang it. That's a game changer. All of a sudden, David, who's once called the man after God's own heart, is now like somebody's baby daddy. You know what I'm saying? Like that happened. But here's the thing. Would David, would David have, have, have seen Bathsheba? Would, would he have slept with her? And he tried, get this, David tries to clean up this whole mess by killing Bathsheba's husband. You're right. He sends Uriah out to the front lines where he knows he'll die and gets murdered. So David, David, the king over God's nation, the king of Israel is now labeled an adulterer, now labeled a murderer. But would that have happened if David just went out to battle? No. And this is what we can get from David's story. When you don't fight, you fall. Write it down. When you don't fight, you fall. And I'm sure, I'm sure David probably thought he had some good reasons to not fight that day. Maybe he looked at all the lists and was like, I have done enough. Man, I've given my best. I've fought almost my entire life. You see all the victories I've done? They're listening in the Bible. Man, I've I've got I've done a lot for this country. Maybe I deserve a break. Right? Or maybe, or maybe some friends were like, hey David, man, we should totally hang out tonight. You know what I'm saying? And maybe it was just something real small, like, like Friends appeared on Netflix, or the, walking, the latest Walking Dead appeared on Netflix, and he just had to indulge, you know it? But for whatever reason, David decided not to fight, and because he didn't fight, he fell. And the reality of the story is this, you are not that much different than David. I am not that much different than David. Our story is not that different from David's story, because each and every one of us has been fighting fights all our lives. There's been something that we've been battling for as long as you can remember. And sometimes, sometimes you're victorious, sometimes you fight, and sometimes you just fall, sometimes you don't fight. And it could be a number of things. Maybe for a while, maybe for a while you chose to fight for purity. But like one day you just decided not to fight. Maybe you were just so tired and worn out from the battle, or maybe you've looked at your whole life and you looked at everybody else, and like, man, in comparison, I've done great. I deserve a break, but for whatever reason, you decided no longer to fight, and maybe, maybe it's just something like family. You know, you used to, you used to be close to your parents, but suddenly all the, something selfish rises inside of you, you say things you don't mean, and now you can't ever seem to have a conversation with your parents without it turning into an argument. You chose not to fight for it, and because you didn't fight, you fell. Maybe, maybe it's something as simple as your relationship with God, You see, God calls us into a relationship. God calls and wants fellowship with us. But just like any relationship, just like any relationship, when you choose not to spend time with the person, you grow distant. And when you grow distant, you fall away from the relationship. And because you didn't fight for your relationship with God, you fell away from it. Because if you don't fight, you fall. And that, that just so happens to be my story that's my story. You see, I never, I never saw the inside of a church until I moved in. I was about 10 and I'd never seen the inside of a church. And for whatever reason, my parents decide that they're going to start attending church. And the one church they pick is like this podunk place in the middle of nowhere. And like, like there's the average age of the people who attend this church is like 65, all 17 of them. There's like 65 and older. And then get this, get this, they like, they do this one thing, this thing once a month called Cowboy Church, which sounds awesome, let's be real, like, Cowboy Church, that's sweet. It's not. It's literally the exact same thing, but the pastor puts on a cowboy hat, and he plays a banjo instead of an acoustic guitar, and that's Cowboy Church. And just so you know, like, I hated it. I hated it. I didn't feel like going, and I, I, it seemed useless to me. Because no matter how much we prayed, no matter how much scripture we read, no matter how loud we sang those hymns, or how many we sang on Sunday afternoon, it didn't change how dysfunctional my family was on Monday. And I hated it. I hated church. And then one day, one of my friends comes up to me and is like, hey man, hey Robbie, so uh, I'm going to this youth rally, dude, you want to come? I'm like, no, man, that's that's not really my thing. No, dude, dude, you you really should come. There's going to be a lot of fun, a lot of games. You should totally stop on by. It's like, dude, seriously, it's not for me. No, man, we're seriously going to give, like, tons of food away, tons of prizes away, and there's going to be, like, lots of hot chicks there. And I'm like, well, my calendar's free, so I'm going to be there. Like, tell me when. And uh, so I go to this youth rally at, at a high school and didn't have any idea that it was some sort of Christian gathering. And all of a sudden, like, I'm in a service sitting in a pew, and I'm like, some dude's preaching out of Romans 6, and I don't know what happened, but that night, for the first time, I heard the gospel presented in a way that I've never heard before. And, like, prior to that, the church was something like like uh, a senior citizen club that didn't get any uh, discounts at retail stores. Like, that's what the church was in my head. And now suddenly he's talking about it, and it's something that I need. It's something that I want. It's something that I desire. And that was the night that I decided, you know what? I'm going to give my life to Christ. I'm going to start a relationship with God. And I said that that's the day that my life has changed forever. And for a while, it was. It was. I started attending a different church, a church that I actually loved and enjoyed going to, something I look forward to. And, and I got involved in the youth group. I started growing as a worship leader. There was one summer at church camp, I actually felt called into full-time vocational ministry. I came back. I preached my first sermon on a Wednesday night. I saw seven students that went to my high school give their lives to Christ. Man, it was awesome. I thought things were going well. I was part of, a, of an organization called Claim Your Campus, and I would work with something called The Seven Project and see hundreds of students in a gymnasium give their lives to Christ. I thought things were going great. And then one day... Uh, some things about the church I was attending were revealed. And there was a lot of health behind the curtain that nobody really knew. And they decided to split. The church decided to split. And when they did that, they said, you know what? There's some key leaders that they just got to go. Key leaders that were mentors in my life, life group leaders. They were in my life. They spoke into me. They helped me grow. They helped me develop. They helped me become better. And they're suddenly gone. They asked them to leave. And then they, they sent me down in an office, and they say, Robbie, look, man, we're, we're real glad that you're here, but, you know, we need to start fresh, and uh, we don't want to see you again. And, man, I'm like, dude, that hurt. And I walked away from that night, and I felt broken. I felt isolated. I felt lonely. I felt abandoned. And I felt like there was nobody around that I could talk to. And so that, that began, began a series of, of, of bad decisions in my life. I looked at all the things God said and said, man, if that's, if that's who you are and that's what you want, but yet you can give me this much pain, I don't want anything to do with you. And slowly but surely, I decided not to fight. There was the time in the life when I felt purpose and fulfillment and I was serving and I was fighting. I woke up every day and I fought and I fought hard. But after that, I, did decide, I didn't want to fight anymore. It wasn't worth it to me. And it was by the junior year, my jun- or my junior year of high school, that I started plugging into a life of alcohol, partying, and popularity, which eventually turned into a life of drug addiction, fame, money, anything I can get my hands on. I remember there was the days that I used to be called something like a Jesus freak in school, and then I was just known as the guy who could get you something. And I would look back at the days that I would fight, and I used to fight, and I felt p- fulfillment and purpose, but I just didn't feel that anymore. Inside, I'm sure, I'm sure on the outside, I'm sure on the outside, it looked like I had life together. I had the nice car, the nice girl, the nice job, the nice drugs. I had everything that you would ever want, but on the inside, I had nothing I felt so, so devastated, and that continued, and I remember, I won't forget this, it was the senior year, my senior year, October, and, and I was at a friend's house, and, and there was a lot of things going on with my family, uh, my girlfriend and I were in a fight, there was, there was a ton going on, and I just remember, I had to get away, I had to drive, and I, I just got in my Mustang, I, I, I pulled some drugs, and, and I, I don't remember if I was drinking or if I was high that night, but I just decided to go for a drive. And when I did, I pulled into a parking lot of a church. And when I did, I drove into the church. Like, like my front bumper went through the pillar of a church. <laughs> and uh, when I did that, a man walked out the front door. It's like 2 a.m. And I'll never, ever forget the words he said to me. He came around to the passenger, the passenger side of my car and he says, Robbie. I know you probably don't know me or you probably don't know me, but my name is Rich and I know you and I've been praying for you for a very long time. And man, I lost it. I lost it because there was a man that I just met. And when I felt abandoned and like nobody ever wanted anything to do with me and I would indulge in things that, that I thought was going to find for there was still somebody out there who was who I was on their mind that they they cared about me. And he he walked me inside and he told me his story and I shared some of mine and I came to find out that I'm not the only one who decided at one point not to fight because his story lined up with mine quite a bit. And that, that was the night that I said, you know what, I'm all in. I'm all in. I realized that there's times when I decided not to fight, but today I fight again. I fight all over again because it's worth it. And I walked out to my car with him, and we pulled out all the drugs hiding in my air vents. We pulled out all the bowls and the bongs. We we, we threw it all away that night. And I said, I'm all in. I'm fighting. Because I realized that if I don't fight, then I'll fall. And some of you, some of you tonight can relate to that. Some of you tonight can relate to that. You're caught up in, in a life of sex, lust, drugs, alcohol, partying, popularity, fame, materialism, you name it. You're caught up in it. And I'm here to tell you that none of those things are gonna do anything for you because I had them all. I had everything I could ever want and I felt no different on the inside. They'll do nothing. And you gotta decide if you're gonna fight. Fight against those things. Because if you don't fight you'll fall and so so I want to leave you with this question and you need to ask yourself students you need to ask yourself this question where do you need to fight again where do you need to fight again maybe maybe for some of you you need to fight again in the area of purity you were you were fighting for a while you were doing so great but man one bad choice one one time and now it feels like victory is not even an option for you. Maybe, maybe you were doing so well, but, but there was that boyfriend or that girlfriend, and they just said, man, just one time. Man, and because you decided not to fight, you fell. Where do you need to fight again? Maybe, maybe it's in the battle of, drugs and alcohol. Maybe that is where you need to fight again. It never used to be a problem, but it, at first it was just one bad friend. And then just one drink and one party and it just it just grew up from there and then you found yourself the wrong people put you in the wrong place at the wrong time and you said no uh you said yes to things that you should have said no to. And because of that the battle is so much harder than it ever was. And that's true. I get that. I relate to that. It will be harder. But you got to understand: if you don't fight, you fall. So, where do you need to fight again? Maybe, maybe your story is very similar to mine, and simply where you need to fight again is your relationship with God. Man, it's easy. You look, you look at your schedule, you look at the calendar, and it's like, Robbie, I just don't simply have any time for this. I I go to bed, I wake up, I get ready for school. I go to school when I'm done with school. I go to practice. When I'm done with practice, I go home. I start doing my homework, and by then I stay up late, and then then I'm tired when I wake up the next morning. So I repeat, 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 repeat. There's just no time. I have no margin. I have no free time for this. You got to figure that out. Go to bed earlier. Wake up earlier. Get in God's word. Pray when you get back from school. Figure it out. Because I know this. If you don't fight for your relationship with God, you'll fall away from it. I guarantee it. So maybe, maybe tonight where you need to fight again is just simply with your relationship with God. So think about it. You need to ask yourself, where, where do I need to fight all over again? Somewhere you used to fight and you no longer do, or maybe a fight you just never picked up because it looked too intimidating or looked too hard, but you have to choose to fight. Because if we don't fight, we fall. We fall. Let me pray for us. God, I thank you so much that when I look at all the battles, I look at all the fights, I look at everything in front of me, some that I win, some that I lose, some that look easy, some that are hard, God, but you are right there with me. God, I thank you for that. God, I thank you that we don't have to fight these on all by ourselves, that you're right there, that there's people around us that you put in our lives that we can fight with. God, thank you. But God, I pray for these students. God, I pray for, that their hearts would be obedient, that they would be uh, willing and receptive to hear from you right now, God, where you're telling them fights that they need to fight all over again, God. Would you speak clearly to them? And would you give them uh, obedient hearts to follow up the way that you would have them? And God, I thank you so much for giving your son, Jesus, He did not deserve all that he went through. God, he took our sin, he took our shame, things that we deserve, and he took it for us. In that moment he died for us, and the veil was torn, and, and his, his, uh, his presence became available. Relationship with him became available. So God, we thank you that you've already fought that fight for us, and all we have to do is respond. Would you go with us would you help us fight would you help reveal the fights that we need to fight again because we want and we desire to be like you we want to know you we want to we want to live our lives for you God so would you do that and it's your name we pray amen